welcome to another episode of the Agile Weekly Podcast. I'm Drew Lesweer. I'm Roy Vandewater. And with us we have Derek Wade, who is a collaboration expert and an organizational uh, change expert as well. Uh, Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, sure. Uh, so um, I, I uh, started off in the software world and uh, it really kind of grew from a creative bent. Uh, I liked uh, hacking out with my VIC-20 and Commodore 64 and I love the fact that it basically it was uh, like painting, uh, but not by numbers, but with numbers. And I could type some keys and follow a few rules and, and cause things to come into being. And um, Many, many years passed through many misadventures and um, failed projects and succeeded projects and succeeded projects that were not terribly interesting and failed in a business sense. And uh, I'm now basically doing the same thing, helping people be creative except in a uh, large uh, format. So uh, what I like to say is that, uh, and I just kind of stumbled upon this metaphor a little while back, um, I'm really interested in lasers, and uh, I'm making human lasers uh, by helping groups of people organize, sort of shine their light, their creative light, all in one direction and uh, get it amplified. Uh, We can really kind of cut through some incredibly hard and complex problems, and we can uh, um, send that energy for a really long distance. Uh, this shows up in software, it shows up in education, it shows up in scientific research, it shows up in um, you know some civic problems, and uh, I've been kind of trying to use some of these tenets of, for example, Scrum uh, towards these problems, and it's been very rewarding. So, you know, in reading a little bit about you, uh, one big theme that I, I've picked up is teams and, and collaboration. You're really big on uh, getting teams to work together. Um, yes. Now... Why such a strong emphasis on that? Um, partly, <laughs> um, oh, it's it's probably um, uh, it, it's 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 probably some kind of um, neurosis that I have uh, to find out inside myself someday. But uh, ultimately, I think that the the problems that are really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, things like uh, cosmology, things like finding out the secrets of the universe, things like uh, effective markets, things like um, uh, poverty, things like uh, civic government, things like uh, making really cool, complex, gnarly systems that almost have kind of a life of their own um, are not really individual um they're not individual uh, creations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, I, re- I recently saw uh, Prometheus, and uh, no matter what your feelings are of on it, I just don't think it lived up to the '79 Alien. And if you look at Alien, it's not just Ridley Scott's masterpiece. It's so many people coming together to make it happen. Uh, you know, Einstein and Edison did not work in a vacuum. When people come together and share, and 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 align their hopes and fears and dreams and skills and differences and arguments and experiences and questions. Um, Some really magnificent work happens and um, that's the kind of problem that interests me. Something that one person can kind of crack on their own, um, I'm kind of inclined to let that one person crack on their own. Awesome. So, so reading, reading a little bit more, I, I see that you co-authored or authored a book having to do with uh, distributed teams. Paper. 
<laughs> so we could call it a book, but it's a very, very thin one. Okay, okay. <laughs> so now, like with your, you've got a huge, you know, a huge uh, emphasis on teams and and working together. To me, the the distributed team model seems kind of a difficult thing to conquer. It almost seems like the the opposite of a team working closely and working really well together. Right? How yeah, how do yeah. you, how do you get all that? oomph that you have behind behind teamwork and and use it distributedly right um it's very it's uh it's very seductive isn't it wow you mean really i can get all this cool human oriented team stuff with people spread across the globe um in in one of my former lives uh i was a pilot and flight instructor and we had this saying about the the J3 Cub, which was a 90-horsepower airplane, um, that it's the safest airplane in the world. It can just barely kill you. <laughs> and um, distributed teams are the maybe most effective, barely effective teams um, that I've run into. Uh, that said, people seem to keep doing it. So I think that one can sort of take a philosophical stance of um, don't do it, in which case you're really kind of helping uh, a group of people who are – when you're focusing only on those folks who are uh, willing to put together physically co-located teams, mm-hmm. you're really kind of helping them optimize what they already know how to do. Um, when you can work with people who, for whatever reason, and and globalization is real, um, who who want to work together across time zones, there are still things that you can do um, that don't have to suck and that can get that gestalt that the team is bigger and better than the sum of its parts, and. Um, I would rather see those kind of teams brought into existence to introduce people to the power of teams over a collection of people, because a team is not a collection of people, uh, than I would to to strictly live in the world of the the co-located teams. But still, it's 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 kind of a it, it, it is a bit of an evil. And have you have you found that the teams that are distributed, like have you found any distributed teams that are able to perform as well as a co-located team? Because it seems to me like you'd kind of run up against a glass ceiling eventually. Where like yeah, you- I I, th- I think that's a really good point. The the limits are there if you sort of histogram um, the effectiveness of the teams. Um, you know, as on along the vertical axis, uh, along uh, the the number of effective teams along the vertical axis, along uh, the different uh, degrees of distribution along a horizontal axis, I think what you'll tend to find is that the the distribution for collocated teams is is higher, and you tend to see this clumping towards greater effectiveness for distributed teams uh, sorry for collocated teams and you tend to see a glump a clumping of less effectiveness for distributed teams however that said um, probably one of the absolute best teams that I have ever worked with not the but one of the absolute best teams that I've ever worked with was spread across uh, three countries and um, one of the – actually probably three or five of the most kind of embarrassing you're not a team, you're a time bomb kind of groups that I've worked with uh, have been collocated. So you see a strong correlation between collocation and effectiveness, but it's not cause. So, so I'm thinking 
like I've got a lot of software development experience working with teams. I do a lot of pair programming. And pair programming is one way to work. When you're, when you're doing a software project and, and you're both working on the same project, that's one way to work efficiently and well as a team. Uh, at other levels and like the organizations that you work with, what are other ways that you see that people work as teams well that are not specifically software related? Right. Um, distributed or otherwise? Uh, either, yeah, either, either one. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny. I just actually, uh, so for the most part, what, what I've been, you know, as I moved away from pure software teams, um, the thing is, is that, that Scrum, and, and we, we focus fairly strongly on Scrum because um, as a friend of mine, David Kuntz, said, um, Agile didn't work. Uh, Scrum worked because it was something that people could grab and hold on to. Um, as Scrum has taken hold, people really look at it in kind of a narrow sense as it's a software development methodology. But it's it's really a learning framework. And and it is if you consider learning as one or many people navigating and creating a map of an unknown domain and, and gradually mapping it in pursuit of a of a an objective, um, that describes change that describes learning that describes product development and then finally way down kind of at the smallest subset that also describes software development but software development alone is kind of a small subset of what we can use for example the agile framework scrum for um so when you consider that, that it's important for people to go through these cycles of having experience, reflecting upon them, um, making some concepts in their head, experimenting, trying stuff out, and, and continually going around through this thing that's called the Kolb learning cycle, uh, Scrum sets people up for that magnificently. And when they're distributed and working on software, they're going through this cycle between you know, planning and experimenting and trying stuff out and sharing information and reflecting and getting better and better, meanwhile improving their code. Um, you can bump that up a level and you can start applying the exact same framework as a means for navigating an unknown domain to problems like organizational change. We are organization X. We would love to become organization Y. We don't know how. It's the same kind of problem as we have a list of items in a backlog. We would love to have software. We're not exactly sure how, but we'll iterate our way to it. Um, so that's one area that I've worked at. It's basically in agile adoptions. Uh, when people say, um, please come install the Scrum for us, um, the first explanation is that it's not you know these your people's minds aren't buckets to be filled it's it's something that we navigate and learn together so i set up a team of a management team as a scrum team um Another area that I've been just recently had the the good fortune to work in this has been in uh, instructional design for universities. So instructional designers do things where they take um, basically offline courses from uh, faculty and professors and turn them into some online modules. And it's not as straightforward as you might think. And for years they've been treated as a as a transcription problem. Uh, just like you transcribe software requirements into code and it's so easy and anybody should be able to do it, um, the same sort of myth is present in the instructional design world. And by setting up a, a team 
to go through these cycles of experience, observation, conceptualizing, experimenting, round and round as they make their work visible to each other uh, on a Kanban board, um, uh, they're actually navigating that same sort of, of unknown domain to uh, arrive at solutions that are better maybe than they could have envisioned. Um, there's also some work uh, being done with uh, Scrum in the uh, scientific research field about how scientific research teams can can work together, um, and I'll I'll say a little more about that at the end. But uh, I'm I'm not involved in that. I'm only peripherally aware of it. Um, hope to become involved in it, but uh, not quite yet. So um, it, we've definitely seen had some experience like trying to implement Scrum and, and some of the agile um, practices and things outside of the software development world, and and with some. Yeah. Uh, great successes, but we find that a lot of times, you know, uh, organizations that are implementing Scrum uh, within the development team just want more, better, faster, and don't really understand that a lot of it is an organizational change. Especially with a distributed team, how do you deal with that type of feedback cycle? Like you mentioned, having a team that kind of manages the organizational change using a Kanban board, I believe you mentioned. Yes. Like how. Like, who are these people? Are these like the management, and then do they bring it uh, to the to the teams that they must now try these new things, or, or how how do you structure that? Yeah, exactly. Think of it as sort of a double reinforcing loop. So you've got the teams on one hand. Um, uh, you, you, so at at ultimately, you need to couple this exploring to reality. Um, there's way too much abstract conceptualization in, in our field in software. Um, you know, designing the perfect architecture before we implement it, designing the perfect process before we implement it. And, and you know, the bad news or the good news really is that um, in, in the scheme of things, reality bats last. So when we can have the teams trying to make the code do what they want it to and as they try to do this, they encounter problems, whether it's organizational issues or code issues or technical issues. Those problems, um, and even interpersonal issues, <coughs> excuse me, those problems can uh, become almost the input to uh, these people's managers, to the people who want agile, who the stakeholders who want the benefits of more, better, faster. And that starts becoming their input. When they act on that input, that improves the teams and they start seeing the more, better, faster. So on the lowest level, you've got the reality of the systems in the organization. The teams trying to wrestle that reality into something valuable like a website or a, an iPhone app. And then, you know, and then as an extension of that, the management team that really their role is to facilitate this change using the same sort of cycle to uh, – help the teams make that change. You can even go up one level uh, above that and into the organization starting to discover what it should be. Uh, I've only um, had that happen with two clients, though. Great. Well, yeah, a lot of great stuff, Derek. Thanks a lot. Um, Before we wrap it up here, do you have anything uh, you'd like to promote or uh, tell the listeners? Um, yeah, well, I you know I guess first of all, uh, as I said, you know, Scrum is kind of a uh, a learning cycle, and uh, for a little tiny bit more information about that, um, you can feel free to uh, go to a resources site that I set up, which is, uh, and I can maybe send this to you later, but it's uh, kumido.com, k-u-m-i-d-o.com, slash resources, slash Scrum Beyond, 
Uh, and in there, I think uh, you can get a little more information about uh, the extensibility of Scrum. And I would invite anybody to contact me with uh, challenges, disagreements, debates, uh, or uh, I'll bet we can't do it here because uh, those are the kind of things that interest me. Great. All right, thanks a lot. And uh, for the listeners, uh, we invite you to join in on, on more of that at uh, facebook.com slash agileweekly. Is there something you'd like to hear in a future episode? Head over to integromtech.com slash podcast where you can suggest a topic or a guest. Looking for an easy way to stay up to date with the latest news, techniques, and events in the Agile community? Sign up today at agileweekly.com. It's the best Agile content delivered weekly for free. The Agile Weekly podcast is brought to you by Integrum Technologies and recorded at Gangplank Studios in Chandler, Arizona. For old episodes, check out integrumtech.com or subscribe on iTunes.